Alright. Bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together. Father, we thank you for the blessings of this week. We thank you for your protection and your guidance and your daily walk with us. Father, as we open up your scripture here this morning, may we see ourselves in this mirror. Father, that we are no different than the people of Israel. That the things that you have laid out in your book for us last forever. The attitudes of the heart are the same. And our lack of faith and belief is the same. These things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 5. Exodus chapter 5. Now, as we saw last week, Moses has been instructed to go speak to the king. And he didn't feel worthy. He didn't think he had what it took. And many times we have those same feelings. But God has laid out a helpmate for him. He said, that's fine, Moses. You don't think you can talk? Look, look, coming here is Aaron. Who's gifted in the mouth. <laughs> but not just that, not just somebody to speak for us, but, but God makes means for us to accomplish the things that He has set out for us to do. And even though it looks like what He set out in front of us to do May, it, it may look like it is impossible. If he's ordained it and he set it in motion and he's put the means in place to accomplish it, you can bet it's going to be accomplished. You can bet it's going to be accomplished. So let's start here in chapter 5. It says, Afterwards Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, now, can you imagine the conversation on this walk to go see Pharaoh? God's already told them, hadn't he, that, that Pharaoh's not going to agree to it at first. So they already know the outcome. But they must have still had those humanly feelings that were scared and nervous and Says, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? Oh, Pharaoh. You say, Well, I just can't believe anybody would have that attitude. Well, let me tell you something. We're walking around with them all the time. We're walking around with those same attitudes toward God all the time in the world that we live in and in the leaders that we have. Let my people go that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey His voice and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go. So they said, The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Please let us go three days' journey into the desert and sacrifice to our Lord God 
lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. Then the king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you take the people from their work? Go back to your labor. Why are you wasting my time? Get back to work. I'm not going to heed the words of you coming to me with some God speaking to you. I don't know who he is. You see that attitude? Verse 5, And Pharaoh said, Look, the people of the land are many now, and you make them rest from their labor. So the same day Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters of the people and their officers, saying, You shall no longer give the people straw to make brick. As before, let them go and gather straw for themselves. Now, isn't this how it works? Isn't this how the, the, the spiritual warfare works? Satan, when, when confronted, then, then Satan tries to do more. Doesn't he? He tries to, he tries to create more circumstances and, 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 and put on more pressure to get us to break. So Pharaoh says here, he says, don't give them the straw. He said, I was providing them straw to make the bricks, but now, since, since they want to rise up and be rebellious against me, the king, we need to work them harder. We need, we need to take away any time they have to think about these things in which they're doing. We, we, may, we need to put so much pressure on them that, that they won't utter a sound about this God anymore. And, and, and they sure don't want, won't want to go worship Him. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm putting all... I'm adding... I'm, I'm putting all... I'm just speculating here. Okay? But, but that's the attitude, isn't it? That's how Satan works. It, it wasn't good enough that, that, that Moses and Aaron showed up and said, Listen, Pharaoh, God has spoken to us. Because he had no fear of God in his heart, therefore, he had no reverence for what they were saying. We're dealing with that same type principle today. These people of Israel are a picture of God's people today. And we're going to see here in a minute how even though those people have been told and they have been done signs in front of to know that, that what Moses was saying was from God, they still got weak and didn't and, and, and got weak. Don't we? Don't we? Verse 6. So the same day, Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters, the people of, and their officers, saying, You shall no longer give the people straw to make the brick. As before, let them go and gather the straw themselves. And you shall lay on them the quota of bricks which they made before. You shall not reduce it, for they are idle. Therefore they cry out, saying, Let us go and sacrifice to our God. He said, they got too much time on their hands. 
Let more work be laid on them that they may labor in it and let them not regard false words. And the taskmasters of the people and their officers went out and spoke to the people saying, Thus says Pharaoh, I will not give you straw. Go get yourself straw where you can find it, yet none of your work will be reduced. So the people were scattered abroad throughout all the land of Egypt to gather stubble instead of straw. And the taskmasters forced them to hurry, saying, Fulfill your work, your daily quota, as when there was straw. Also the officers of the children of Israel, whom Pharaoh's taskmasters had set over them, were beaten and were asked, Why have you not fulfilled your task in making brick both yesterday and today as before? Then the officers of the children of Israel came and cried out to Pharaoh, saying, Why are you dealing with us, dealing with your servants? There is no straw given to your servants, and they say to us, Make brick, and indeed your servants are beaten, but the fault is of your own people. Why? Because they're not given a straw. But he said, You are idle, idle. Therefore you say, Let us go and sacrifice to our Lord. Therefore go now and work, for no straw shall be given you, yet you shall deliver the quota of bricks. And the officers of the children of Israel saw that there were no, uh, they were in trouble after it, and was said, You shall not reduce any bricks from your daily quota. Then as they came out from Pharaoh, they met Moses and Aaron and stood in, to, in there to meet them. And they said to them, Look, the, let, the, let the Lord look on you and judge, because you have made us abhorrent in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants to put a sword in their hand to kill us. Now they're blaming. So, so here's how that, here, here's typical, isn't it? Typical. Now, now they're blaming Moses and Aaron for, for, for bringing down more suffering on them. God's people weren't, weren't excused from suffering for His sake. He has already told them He's going to deliver them. He's already told Moses and Aaron to, what's going to, that, that Pharaoh was going to say no and he was going to have to strike him and all this stuff and, 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 and look at their unbelief. Now, I don't know how much time has passed from the time we've started this till the time we're at right now, but it couldn't have been too awfully long at this point. But it, it really doesn't matter because I don't know about you, but I remember a lot of my life lessons from God. And a lot of them, as He's dealt with me through the years, I don't think there's anything you can do to make me forget them. But, but look here, when, when the pressure comes on, what, what do people do? When the pressure is put on us, what do we do? We go squirming, don't we? Just like they're squirming. And in, instead of, of remembering, remembering what rock we stand on and who we serve, we start getting weak and forgetting and, 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 and we start doubting. Even though 
the Word of God tells us that, that he, he will see if we're faithful and we're obedient and we're responsible to the light in our life and, and we, we follow His guidance that He will protect, preserve, deliver us to the end. We still at times get weak and start looking for other means, don't we? And, and when we're in that old oven and we're getting cooked from, from the circumstances that we're in, we start looking for means to get out other than Him. Instead of looking to Him to, to, to see what He's doing in us and for us and to teach us. You see, these circumstances that Israel were in were for their own benefit. But all they're caring about right now is, is getting out of work. The Christian life is no easy walk. It was never designed to be. But we all want it to be, don't we? We don't want it. We just want to glide through. We want, we, from the time we get saved, we just want to coast right on into heaven. I got news for you. It, it, it don't happen like that. Doesn't happen like that. I've never known anybody like that. I can't find anybody in here that it was like that. The Bible tells us we're no better than the Master. And we have never and will never suffer the persecution or the ridicule that he suffered. But oh, we want to duck and run in a corner and hide when the circumstances come on us. And even when we know that we've got a word from God and it gets hotter and hotter in those circumstances and we know what His Word says, and we know that His promises are true, we still doubt. We still make excuses. We still even go plead for Him to remove those circumstances from us. Instead of drawing closer to Him, Praising Him through those circumstances. Letting Him be glorified through those circumstances. So, now they've, they've run into Moses and Aaron. What have you done? You've just caused more grief on us. Can't you see it? You've gone and stirred up Pharaoh against us, and now they don't even now he doesn't even give us the straw, and we still gotta we gotta make the same amount of bricks. Now let's switch gears and look at Pharaoh a minute. Oh Pharaoh, his heart, oh his old heart is hardened. He is at the top, he thinks. He's got all power, he thinks. 
Can't anybody tell him anything. He thinks. You ever know anybody like this? He, he is all-knowing in his mind. Pride overflowing. Which isn't that pretty consistent sometimes with leaders in high positions? What's the Bible tell us about pride? Goes before fall. I'd say Pharaoh's got a hard one coming. Now at this point, he don't know he's got a hard one coming. We get the whole story. Pharaoh's living it. But he don't honor God in any way. He gives no recollection or or, or, or no remembrance to a God at all. Basically, he puts himself in God's place. And he, he, he makes a comment to, to, to Moses and Aaron, who is this God? Now, it's a dangerous place to be, isn't it? a dangerous place to be. But Pharaoh thinks that, that he is by his own accolades has gotten himself to the position in which he is. He didn't help have any help. He, 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 didn't, he didn't make any reverence to that, that God put, puts people in places where he so, so deems. But his attitude toward the living God is horrible. He gives no authority to the God. All he's consumed with is himself. His ideals. What he wants. Sound familiar? When a nation of any kind from the beginning of time to the end of time ignores God, it will fall. Period. When, when, when a nation of people keep putting ungodly men in places of authority God will remove his hand from that nation now we know that Pharaoh wasn't elected so as far as voting and all that but it applies to us today you can see throughout the Bible when ungodly kings led what happened to the to the to the nation? That doesn't change. And there is always a very troublesome demise to that nation. A very painful demise. When when ungodly leaders lead 
things, it, it doesn't work out. It doesn't matter if it's nations, if it's governments, if it's businesses. Oh, it might flourish for a while. But there's going to come a big wreck. But Pharaoh is eat up with pride. He tells Moses and Aaron, I don't acknowledge your God. Let's go to verse 22. So Moses returned to the Lord and said, Now look, here we are. Look at Moses. Even Moses. After all of what Moses has seen and heard from God's own mouth. Why have you brought trouble on this people? Now do you remember God telling Moses there wouldn't be no trouble through any of this? No, He told him the outcome, didn't He? Why is it that you have sent me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to this people. Neither have you delivered your people at all. So now Moses is questioning God. You say, well, I would never. You do. We do. We may not come right out and verbalize it, but we do. But, but now Moses is, is in, in... He's rethinking himself. He's rethinking what God has told him. He's questioning it. He said, what, what, why have you brought trouble on us? I did what you told me to do. He said, you hadn't delivered anybody at all. Isn't that how we think though? We, we, want, we don't want to go, we don't, we want to go from, from, we want to, jump from point A over the circumstances to it being behind us. We don't have to go through any of it. Let's just, let's, okay God, let's just, just take me from here to there. Let's not go in, but let's, let's not have to wade through this. Isn't that how we think? God has not promised us an easy trip. But He has promised to deliver us to the end. And I promise you, I could sit down with each and every one of you and you with me and, and we could lay out exactly what to us it looked like, the perfect trip looked like. And won't any of us ever get to go through that. We must have trials and tribulations in our life in order to, to make us ready. It's like putting a, a package of rolls in the oven. You can't just take them out of the package and go to eat. Oh, you can, but they ain't very good. But that dough had to be kneaded. Our lives in Christ have to be kneaded. And then it had to be baked what? In a fire. Just like our lives have to be baked in a fire. 
And when it, when it's been baked long enough, then they're what? Savory. And a sweet smell and aroma. That's what we are to Him. That's what the Christian life is to Him. A sweet smell and aroma. Oh, our lack of faith. Our weakness in the times of circumstances and trials and tribulations. And don't, don't be going feeling guilty because we, we're all human, right? That, that, that's a part of the fall. But what we have to do is learn to recognize it the moment it starts to take place in our life. That's, that's what salvation does. That's what the Holy Spirit working inside of you does. It says, hey, 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 you, you, you've done this before. This, this is that's, that's coming back. You're, start, you're starting to doubt again. And as we go through those trials and tribulations in our life, we, we should become able to acknowledge that quicker. Until we come to a point where, where man, it's, uh, hey, I see that coming, uh-uh. And I repent right then. And, and, and rebuke that, that attitude and, and, and move on. That's when we have victory. That's when we can claim victory. That's when we know we're working out our own salvation, as the Bible says. Doesn't it tell us to work out our own salvation? That's part of that. Working out our own salvation. And for each and every one of us, it's different. It takes me a lot, many, a lot more times than it does you, I'm sure, to learn my lessons. Thank God He's long-suffering. He's long-suffering. I don't know about you, but He has to be with me. Long-suffering. They, yep, you did it again. Come on. But the picture we see here in Exodus 5 of, of God's people is the same picture we have today. It's the same picture we have today. God's people are God's people, attitudes are attitudes. Nature is nature. Just like those people didn't like hard times coming on them, nor do we, do we? Don't you thank God for giving us examples to, you know, we get to, we get to read and see ahead how to handle this stuff. Therefore, we're more responsible probably than they were in some of these situations. But oh Pharaoh, just like kings we have today, thinks he can beat God. But he's got a hard fall of coming, don't he? He's got a hard fall of coming. I pray 
that as we go through Exodus, that you really see the parallel between the people of Israel and the people, God's people today. This, throughout the Bible, Israel was oppressed time and time again. Those, though we're not Jews and Israelites, we're God's people. And as long as there's warring uh, with, of Satan against God, God's people, Satan will continually to try to oppress God's people. And it is important to, for us to understand the principles in which God leads His people out of bondage. That's what we have here. An example of God leading His people out of bondage. I plan to make it out of bondage. I don't know if you've noticed I'm fixing to close, but have you? I don't know how many of you listened to any other pastors or any any other read much, or but have you noticed the amount of pastors that are preaching on this very same things right now on the very same things of 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 God's people in this nation and in this world oppression persecution there is a resounding message and and listen to me. I, I'm not. I don't. I don't take. I, I don't. I have one time because I thought it was a wonderful message, and it wasn't recently. Took a message from somebody else and repeated it to you. I, I really diligently allow try to allow the Holy Spirit to give me what to give you. But it is amazing to me the resounding message from from most pastors that I listen to are here that I, I pay attention to the resounding message of, of preaching to the people about oppression and persecution there is a time coming and I'm telling you right now we think we're in it yeah we're, we've started it but I don't believe we're near about in it people got to wake up We've got to understand as God's church how to deal with, with what we're going to have to live in. You say, well, I wish you would just take me on. Well, I, I'm going to tell you something. That's not for me or you to decide. It's not for me or you to decide. What is for us to do is be the church. Church needs to be the church. And we cannot shake from the truth. The truth must be the truth. And it must not be deviated from. Hallelujah. I know the victory. I know where my victory comes from. I know where your victory comes from. It was on that cross. And once it was decided, once he said it is finished, you ain't got to question that. There's no need to question it. 
The victory has been won. I'm telling you, to me, it's exciting. I would you, you say, well, you're crazy. I say, I may be. I may be. But I'm going to tell you something. It, 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 I know without a shadow of a doubt that, that God has called me to, to preach the gospel, and it's going to be good. It's going to be good because I'm going to tell you something. There's no time greater than this time for people to hear it. They're seeking it. I told you last week how hungry I know. People are hungry. They're hungry for the truth. Some of them can't take it. Lots of them can't take it. Oh, but they're going to get exposed to it. They're going to get exposed to it. I had, I'll give you a quick, quick, I was asked about, now I, I told you, I, I don't go to work and I don't play pastor. I, I go do my job and but if I'm asked a question I can't not answer it and uh, I was asked a question this week at work by a couple of people and it was a very um, I, I, I don't want to I don't want to put this I don't want I'm, I'm having to dance around this because I don't want to put this uh, they think how to say this anyway it, it was a very um, it was a question a biblical question that was very controversial in today's time and uh, I almost felt like I was ganged up on you know how you, you it was like oh we got a question you know, I was like, oh Lord. <laughs> you know. And they asked me this question. And I thought, okay, Lord, you speak this. And so I just went to the Bible. And I said, uh, here's here's here I said, first of all, I'm just a man. I I, I said I'm, I, I could be wrong. But I encourage you to go look and see if I am wrong. See, that's what I really want them to just Just go to the Bible. Go find out where there is no error. Right? And so I gave them my interpretation from the Word of God and said you you know and I really anticipated a very negative response to my answer and both of them were like makes sense I was like really? <laughs> really? <laughs> because I you know I really felt like it was a, a staged attack. Because isn't that how we, we first sometimes view those things? But as long as I am what God has called me to be, even in those situations where I am not playing the pastor's role, i got to share the truth. 
Because I don't know where he's going to bring them from. I don't know where he's going. I don't know who he's sending to seek out. I don't know who. I don't know but what, what they weren't testing me. That, that, that did I have the faith in and, and strength in him to stand in my secular workplace and testify truth? I don't know. But people are hungry. People are hungry. People are trying to figure out how all... Let me tell you something. Even lost people know this world's in, in turmoil. They sense it. Even though they are flying around doing all the worldly things and having all the worldly fun they claim they're having, they ain't happy, they ain't got no peace. You say, how do you know that? Because separated from God, you can't have no peace. Separated from God, there can't be any peace. So, so when you look out there and you think, man, they are living the life, they are living it up, they aren't happy. I don't care how much money they got in the bank. I don't care how many houses they have or how many cattle on a thousand hills they got. They're not happy if they're separated from God. And they're looking for something. That something is Jesus. Jesus. Alright, let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your example Scripture. We thank You that You've given us the inspired Word of God. That we can seek out truths in order that we might be prepared for the things ahead. Father, I, I just pray that You would continue to bless these people. Bless this church. Father, let it be what You called us to be. And let us without a doubt resound truth that will set people free. These things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.